hey all welcome to bookish bitches it's not your grandmother's book club so grandma if you're listening please don't i'm lauren and i'm megan and in today's episode we're going to be talking about the third throne of glass air of fire um (sighs) yeah many feelings many feelings lots to talk about very long book very good uh packed book so i'll i'll let you um choose where you want to start meg because there's a lot to get out get through in this book itself let's start in the beginning when aelin uh, arrives um i can't remember where she arrived but she arrived um to her destination at, from the end of crown of midnight mm-hmm. um literally 10 fucking pages in we meet rowan <laughs> hey look straight to the point we like it 10 pages in we're in a rowan and i'm so happy that we didn't put that on off <laughs> yeah i know so you're a rowan girl yeah i prefer rowan over reese i had a feeling i remembered you saying that but i didn't want to say it if it wasn't true no i prefer rowan over reese i can see why based off of the way their relationships built and also you as a person like i can see why you know you would feel that way so she arrives to her destination to another land and is looking for Maeve, um, who is a queen that resides there. And in queen in Maeve's court, she has these sentries and um, they have sworn a blood oath to her. So and it's unbreakable, basically. Um, and one of those people that have the blood oath is Rowan. And he knows that she's arriving to see Maeve so he takes her to her basically and I haven't read this book in a bit so yeah it's been I mean as you know Meg it was just it was taking me a long time to read these so it's been a little bit since I read the first part of the book but essentially what comes out of that conversation is Aelin wants something from Maeve which is the key to um stopping the king of Adarlan. Right. So Maeve says, okay, fine, but only when Rowan has deemed you worthy. And Rowan does not like her. So this is actually a challenge. It's not like Aelin can just trick him into or convince him to help her. So this um these parameters are set that Rowan must deem that she is worthy. She has to use her fey powers, which Aelin does not really use. Um, and she has to stop denying the part of her that is Faye. That's what Maeve is really pushing for to see, mostly to see how powerful she actually is and whether she has both of her parents' powers, so fire and water. So, so Selena arrives to Wendlin, and when he brings her to Queen Maeve, which, you know, Aelin was totally happy about. At this point, she's going by Selena, but still, we know who she is. Yeah. Um, She's glad she's going to me because she wants answers from her aunt because they are related about the word keys, which was essentially one of the causes of Nehemia's death. And she's still like, you know, she's drinking, she's gambling, she's fighting, like she's causing discord, basically. And, you know, Maeve is totally fine to do that, except she wants to know what has become of, of you know, Aelin's fire magic yeah it's, it's uncontrollable power that was left to her when the king banned magic in Aurelia. and since aelin can't travel to dornell for the answers she wants 
she has to work with Rowan to remaster her gifts. And Rowan is impossible to work with. He is very hard. He's very harsh and brutal with Aelin. He gives her no fucking wiggle room. Yeah. He is always asking her to, you know, shift into her fae form and summon her fire magic. And she really tries her best to summon these abilities in any way. But at first, it's just, no, Vale, it's not happening. While this is all going on, back in Ardalan with Kaol and Dorian, now there's a new person called Adian, who is Aelin's cousin. But nobody has seen or heard from Aelin in years ever since her parents were killed. And they assume she died as well. And Adian has just arrived in Ardalan back from battle. And he works for Ardalan as a general. And they call him, I can't remember what he he's called. I think he's called the Lion or something. Mm-hmm. And Kale discovers, because Adian, Adian's kind of a dick to everybody, because he's only loyal to one person. And nobody knows who that is. They assume it's the king. But in reality, Kale discovers that Adian is very loyal and secretly loyal to Terrison. Yeah. And during, like, a feast or something, Kale tells Adian that Selena slap, you know, or Aelin is still alive because he discovered at the end of Crown and Midnight who she really was and how he was so stupid he didn't figure it out sooner. So these two begin to work together secretly during all of this and they're trying to figure out what's going on with the spell towers and rift hold and all these different um towers that somehow stop magic from happening and during all this they think kaol and dorian are like, like they are trying to figure out the knowledge so it can be used to free magic once again which kaol's not really up for to be honest with you but Dorian secretly has magic, so he wants it to be free. <laughs> yeah. Um. So during this, Dorian is also exploring his own powers through the help of lovely Sorsha, who is like a healer slash maid at the palace, who he becomes very close to when Aelin leaves. It's very close to her. They form like a romantic bond. And she's also the only other person who kind of understands and knows that Dorian has magic. Yeah. So they're trying to find a way to help Dorian control his magic. And by one of these ways is like increasing his iron. Because it's a known deterrent at the time for fey powers. It's a known deterrent. Mm-hmm. It's actually really cruel. Um. There's a lot going on in this book. There's a lot of different timelines, not timelines, but there's a lot of like stuff happening throughout the book with different characters. And in this book, we are introduced to Manon, who is part of one of the three witch clans. And that's when in this book it's introduced. And let's just say they're not nice to each other, let alone everyone else. <laughs> yeah, that's um, one way to put it. Exactly. So in this book, we're introduced to the three clans and they're trying to unite, even though they don't get along by having this competition between the three clans to who, for who will be the leader and like queen of witches or, you know, because they kill the fucking boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
before this leader, one of the leadership challenges, they are now introduced to wyverns, which is a dragon-like creature. And Manon's grandmother, and Manon Blackbeak is her name, so she's part of the Blackbeak clan. Uh, her grandmother is telling her, and she's a bitch and a half, let's just get that out. Yeah. Um, her grandmother is like, you need to have the most powerful, the most vicious wyvern in order to win. So that's what, you, you know, that's what Manon's going for. You know, and she finds one like that. But he's kind mm-hmm. of a mean old bastard. But then there's this one little dragon who I like to, in my head, picture Toothless. Let's just all picture Toothless for this. And she chooses him as, as her mount because he's small, but he's very cunning. He actually kills that goddamn dragon that she was going to go for. Because Abraxas is like, no, that one's mine. <laughs> yeah, she sees that he's a survivor and is like, yes. Right that one that's mine <laughs> um right so that's what Manon's dealing with throughout this book she, you know her trials and tribulations in this competition for the leader of the um the witches back to Selena slash Aelin and her training it actually starts paying off and she can now transform between human and fae form only after she gets into a really bad argument with Rowan and he literally like throws her up against a tree and bites her which ignites her bond and her fey magic so now she can transform and summer her summon her fire magic very impressively at that point as well and throughout this she's starting to form a strong bond slowly between her and Rowan and it appears to be platonic because Kale is still on Selena's mind often, but Rowan is also mourning his wife who was killed over 200 years earlier. So they both are having, not mourning per se, because Rowan's really the one I'm mourning, but I think Selena Aelin's like mourning her relationship with Kale because she knows it's not going to ever happen again. Yeah. Throughout their training, uh, Aelin and Rowan are investigating these strange murders committed by the demi-fae like Emerus and Malachi, who we'll talk about in a bit. And they discovered that the murders are being killed by these creatures from another world called the Valg, which is like a demon race that was formed by the Word Keys long ago, like back in the beginning, before her parents were even born. And Rowan and Aelin, they know that, you know, the soldier, the Valg soldiers are going to be, you know, headed to a fortress home soon. So they need to, like, figure out what they need to do. They don't know whether or not they should bring it to Maeve's attention or not, or, you know, start assembling fighters to fight back. But that's, they get attacked. The civilians and them, they all get attacked sooner than they anticipated. So... Aelin saves them all by switching to her fey form and literally calling on her powers with the most strongest display ever that anyone has ever even heard about. And uh, throughout the battle, uh, her strength is failing because the Valg are really hard to kill. But fire is like one of the only ways to do it. So as she's killing them all, she's draining slowly. Her life form's draining. So during this... Rowan joins her as a Karanum, 
which is a sort of bond that cannot ever be replaced. It's almost like a mate bond. And basically you feed off each other's forces, like life force and everything. So when one is weaker, you can call on the others for more strength and so on and so forth. And this does restore her strength and she does draw on his powers through that link. And they do succeed through that. So afterwards, they meet with Maeve. And she does end up holding her end of the deal because now that she Aelin has her fire powers and can transform into a face, she tells Aelin that the word keys can't be destroyed and they can only be put back into the word gates. But no one knows how to do that. And Maeve is saying the king would possess incredible power if he had all three keys. And Maeve is a sneaky bitch. And she knows, or suspects at least, that Aelin has figured out where that third key is. And starts whipping Rowan when she won't tell her where. She starts, like, almost killing him. Because she knows that they have a Karanum. They have formed a bond. And basically... She's just trying to get to him, or she's trying to get to Aelin to get that third word key because then she would have uncontrollable power over like the multiverses of places. But Rowan's telling her, don't say a fucking thing at that point. And Aelin's getting pissed. We all know she has a temper. And basically, she shows her her magic. And is threatening to set the city on fire if Maeve doesn't stop the torture. And Maeve makes a comment. She's like, the city's made of stone. And this is one of my favorite moments at Aelin. Because she's literally like, but you, your people aren't. Yeah. <laughs> that was hardcore awesome for me personally. Um, but <laughs> uh, so basically a- uh, Maeve is seeing that Aelin's in a no shit kind of attitude right now. And she stops the torture, basically. And through this, um, Selena now has figured out that Maeve wanted the war keys for basically centuries. And that she betrayed those she loved to get to them. So, like, she's involved with Aelin's parents' death in some way, but Aelin doesn't know how. Um. So Aelin pulls out the ring she found from the man Maeve loved and betrayed so long ago. Because she is a sneaky motherfucker. And she uses that ring because she knows Maeve wants it back badly. Not because she's sentimental, but that ring has powers that we'll talk about later on in another book. And that ring does have a lot of power. So Aelin uses that ring to bargain with Maeve and get Rowan out of his blood oath to her because only Maeve can break it. Rowan can't. So by doing that, you know, um, Aelin basically freed Rowan and Rowan is like, immediately he swears an oath to Aelin and they leave together. Like immediately he swears another blood oath, which I know you made a note about and we'll talk about. But for me, that was the end of the book. We didn't get any more Manon scenes. We didn't get any more, um, Dorian I don't believe and because we're gonna get into that later on and you're probably gonna get pissed um (laughs) but that's basically the concept of this book right here can you hear me babe yeah I can hear you okay okay 
I know I talked a lot just now. No, you're good. My but, I had muted because my fan was screaming on my laptop, so I was adjusting some of the microphone so it wasn't like the whole time you were talking. So. Fair. But yeah, in this book, basically, Selena now accepts that she is Aelin. She's been hiding from her own identity. Not that she didn't know it, but she has been hiding from her own identity for the longest time. And now with her faith form, her powers, her knowing the truth about her childhood and who really killed her parents or started at least the deception, she is now owning her identity as Princess of Terrison and beginning to form that army. Yeah. Starting in the next book. Yeah. Talk a lot, bro. Ooh. A lot happened in that book. That's what it is. A lot happened. So I just did a big synopsis right there just to like get out so we can get into it. And we don't have to necessarily discuss in order. We can talk, you know, whatever's pressing, like how you're saying with the note about the blood oath. That is something I do want to get into because I. Well, let's talk about it right now. Okay. Let's talk about that right now. So as you said, he, Rowan is freed from the previous blood oath. And then within five seconds, swears one to Aelin. And while I understand that there's a different context there of she has proven herself to him for him to follow, it almost feels kind of concerning to me that he's so quick to then tie himself to someone else in the same way he just was when he had no control over himself because of the way that the blood oath functions. Here's, I'm going to get some combat with that, okay? Mm-hmm. Not with, like, your opinion, your opinion. For me, I look at it from Rowan's perspective. And let's keep in mind, his mate died 200 years ago. And he pretty much has left his own country and everything as well. And... You got to think about it. Now that Maeve kind of set him free, even though it was kind of forced at that point. What was, like, that, he he only thrives off having a purpose. And you know that's, I, mean? I think, part of, like, what I, what I mean of, like, he so quickly jumps into something else. Why is that? And exactly what you just said, because he needs purpose. It's purpose, I believe. And... With this, I think he found a better purpose mm-hmm. with Aelin, you know, because no matter how much they fought, despite the Quranum, despite the blood oath, I think he actually believes in her and he's willing to die for her at this point. Because there was a lot more that happened in the book than I said, then I kind of made it sound like they didn't really have a lot. But no, they have a very strong relationship. They have a very strong relationship in this very first book. And he didn't have that kind of relationship with Maeve. It was a pure soldier and doing what was being told of him. With this, Aelin still gives him the right to choose. And if he ever asked her to break break the blood oath, she would do it. No deals, nothing. Nothing he had to do. She would break it for him. So that's why I didn't really have a huge issue with it. Is because Aelin as a person... She's incredibly selfless and people forget about that. And you don't really see all those selfless acts until the, like this book and then, and then on. Yeah. 
and I, I guess I wonder like did he feel like the only way that she would accept him as her friend warrior protector whatever was if he swore the oath because he could have said without swearing an oath I want to help you regain your home and bring your people their home back and I think Aelin all the same would have been like okay right they were already bonded in some way that I don't know that it was necessary for him to make the blood oath right I would say that Aelin would have accepted it either way. I think it was a personal choice from Rowan, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And Aelin wasn't going to deny him that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, later on in the books, I won't lie to you. It's not really a big spoiler. You'll probably understand. You probably already kind of get it. She gets multiple. She has multiple blood oaths eventually later on in the books. Yeah. But not all of them are blood oaths. It's really their choice. Yeah. And it's not a choice she offers. It's really them offering it to her and she's okay with whatever they want. Yeah, because I can already see with her cousin, um, say his name for me one more time? Adian. Adian. Um, that he has that same loyalty without having a blood oath because he was raised to be her protector one day. Right. And I'm very, I'm so excited for them to be reunited because he... Oh my He's god. He's such a deep yeah. character. Oh. oh girl. They're reuniting scene. I oh, I am so excited for it because I think they both need each other in ways they haven't even fully expressed, but also are aware of. Um and I oh think when god. they see each other again, it's gonna be, you know, good for both of them in different ways. But like his loyalty to her isn't a isn't necessarily a blood oath. But it is similar to Rowan's in that even when there's a high chance that she's dead, he is still loyal to her and her family and Terrison. Right. Right. And that I really wanted you to read this book so badly because this is when everything starts getting it was good in the beginning, but it starts going amazing. Like yeah. there is not a bad book in this series, in my opinion. There's mm-hmm. no fluff book except that assassin's blade but even in that it actually had like a plot at the end it was still a context book as well it was still a context book with her and her sam references throughout this this book really was the start to aelin finally accepting herself and her responsibilities despite the fact she believes her country and people are not going to accept her because she technically ran away but she was a child whose parents just got murdered in front of her yeah And I think her kind of getting into her childhood, I think because she had so much trouble containing her fire magic, she has convinced herself based off of the disappointment that she, you know, that others expressed towards her, even when they were still loving towards her. Right. um, Because she lacked the control. That is probably part of the reason that she thinks they won't accept her because they're like, they quote unquote have another option now that her family's down on the throne. They could choose someone else um not that they're gonna do that because she has fucking fire magic and if anyone's gonna lead them it's her but in Aelin's mind she's used to feeling unqualified and you know right not good enough so with the blood oath it made sense for me only because it's different with Maeve and it came with like she wouldn't she didn't she would not have let Rowan out 
she had to make a deal to get the, the that ring of power. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's different with Aelin. That's why I really didn't think about the, how fast he did, he, you know, the whole process with that. That's why I didn't really care about how fast mm-hmm. because if he wanted to leave, Aelin would do it for him. Not, yeah. with, you know. It was just one of those where I was like, I had like a whiplash moment. Like, wait, what? He's doing what now? Right. Because, you know, she had just finished whipping him and then he was like, well, anyway, you know. Exactly. Exactly. But while we're on the Rowan train, let's just, you know, move to Aelin and Rowan real quick. We'll hit up Adian. Leave the best for last, Dorian. Not going to forget our boy. Um. Aelin and Rowan's relationship is oddly very, very well known. They are chaotic in the beginning, but once they finally, like, break that wall, they're super close. And it's such a short time. And we'll get to why in the next book, because I'm not a spoiler person-ish. And... (laughs) I feel like I try. Ish, I try. I really do. Sometimes you get upset when I don't. (laughs) Um... But her powers are key because the Valg, which is introduced in this book and actually kind of in the other books, because the Valg are involved with the word keys and everything. It's just now we're seeing a force that is like unkillable, except by fire. Which is why Maeve wanted to see her development with her powers, because Valg can really only be seriously killed by fire. ironic in yeah. fashion but um but now that she you know that's a really shitty bit on Maeve's part I'm not gonna lie with you because <laughs> now she knows how to use her powers and her faith form so she's really gonna pop off in the next few books well it's like she has no need for Maeve anymore because she can do all of this stuff and it's like you kind of set I don't know if Maeve thought she was gonna be able to control her or what with training her to that degree right but you know the aelin and rowan's relationship reminds me i know this predates this book but reminds me of cassian and nesta yeah very big mirror very heavy um similarities in like a very good way and they also while being similar have completely different journeys there because there is an obligation for rowan in the beginning and he hates her. Like, Cassian is like, oh my goodness, she's obviously my mate. I want to help her. Rowan having such a deep, like, oh my god, you disgust me. Kind of just, like, it does something right for developing their their relationship. Yeah. Right. Because they went through a hardship already. <laughs> yeah. So you know what I mean. So her development coming, you know, With her finally coming to terms with her past, she has a moment in this book where she sees, like, it's like almost a vision situation, but it's very real. And she sees herself as a child and her as she is now. And the little girl's like, you are Aelin. You need to start being Aelin and not this imposter Selena. Yeah. You need to start doing this. And I think it's also crazy that, like, in this book we figure out that the king of assassins who trained her 
very much knew who she was. Yeah. And like part of me had always suspected that he probably wasn't just like, oh, random little girl, let me train you. But the fact that he knew who she was um, and still was dumb enough to have her sent um, to the camp and thought she would come back. And it's like, you're quite literally playing with fire. Right. But okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He really did that one. He he was very egotistical too, so like... Which, yeah, so it makes it not very surprising, but now that she has come to terms with like, I cannot change the past, the things that happen, I can only do the best I can from here on out, and still like, remembering her promise to Nehemia and acknowledging that she has not fulfilled it. Right. These bitches, they are not safe. They are not safe. So, based, yeah. So, her development and her, like, coming to terms with her past is very key for the rest of these novels. They are detrimental, in a sense, to be honest with you. This definitely feels like a pivot book, where it's, like, what happens here decides the future. Right. So, yeah. Now, we're gonna move on to Adian, because we cannot forget my boy. I love him so much. Jesus Christ. I do, too. I was surprised by how much I started to love him. And I think it's so the way he plays, like the um, essentially the bastard, and then in quiet is planning against the king. Oh, chef's kiss. Yeah. Adian literally puts on a different persona and wants everyone to think this one way that he's a loyalist to the Aderlin and the king, and you know, he's a loyal thing and also one of the problems is he has a ring that makes the king of Ardalan believe he has him under his control when in actuality it has no effect to him so he's playing a part and with this facade he looks like a loyalist but in actuality he is only loyal to Aelin and Terrison that is it no one else that is it and I think it's interesting um, to see in this book as Aelin is coming to terms with who she is and remembering her past and really reckoning with it, seeing the introduction of a character like Adian and then the two that he's working with and seeing that there are still loyalists to uh, Terrison and that this hasn't been stomped out as we're expected to believe in previous books. It does something very interesting about building suspense for those um those incoming altercations with the king and the future of the fae that have been um stripped of their home and their magic and seeing the catharsis of reaching that end goal right right so yeah that's going to be key that's going to be key in the next book. And when they reunite, you're going to love it. Like, oh my God. I saw something on TikTok the other day of that scene. And someone was like reading it out loud. Mm-hmm. And they had fan art up. I'm like, oh my God, I got to go reread this bit real quick. <laughs> yeah, just to feel it again. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's really good, actually. Nothing like you. Yeah. <laughs> so... Adian definitely is a fan favorite for me throughout the entire novel, except for one fucking bit I wanted to punch him, actually. But 
it's fine whatever and he understands it and he feels like a total piece of shit later on for it so yeah um yeah dorian dorian he has so powers. Much yeah. So much happened. Mr. Shadow Hands. <laughs> and you won't understand that until later. <laughs> um, but he has powers, which is illegal and also forbidden. And also his best friend has some kind of stigma against powers as well. And basically thinks you're a piece of shit if you have them and dangerous and you need to be killed immediately. Which is so interesting because, like, he is quote-unquote loyal to the crown. The king also has powers, clearly. Right. And is dealing with magic. So, like, this is this should not be such a big deal for Kale when the people that he's supposed to be loyal to have these things going on. Right. And I feel bad for Dorian in this novel because the one person he's always been able to confide in, he can't because he knows already what he thinks yeah there is it's a very clear rift between the two of them throughout this novel um right and i feel like kale is so in this in this book so placeless it's like he doesn't know what to do and i i I like that he ends up siding with adian and helping him because it's like bro you very clearly do not belong and you don't know where you belong right so and the one person he can confide in is the only one that knows the truth, which is Sorsha, and she's a healer. And she really does. Like, they form a romantic bond throughout this book and the next book. And he really does try to, she really does try to help him, giving him iron supplements to suppress it because it is almost out of control at this point. And she's trying to do her best to help him because she, is like a loyal not loyalist but she is like a defender of magic and doesn't believe people should be persecuted for having something that they didn't ask for yeah and i like that she has she approaches things in a very thought out way which is nice because a lot of the characters we have they're calculating in a bad way or they're not calculating at all and they're all emotion sorsha i think is a good balance to that Um, and I do think she and Dorian are a very good match and I like her self-awareness about the fact that he is in a position of power and he could just easily leave her and he might be romancing her like anyone else but he clearly to us at least because we can see more of it he clearly does actually feel for her it's not just oh you're pretty and I'm getting something from you therefore sure I'll sleep with you he actually genuinely feels something towards her right right so I love Sorsha. She's a sweetheart, really. She really is. Not a mean bone in her body. Yeah. Not a mean bone, but I made a comment that because KL was really pissing me off in this novel as well, because he was shit talking and referencing to Aelin because he feels like he's been um there's been deception when she left, like she knew exactly well, I mean she didn't know exactly who she was, but it's not like she left to, you know, gain an army and take over, you know, <laughs> uh, Ardolin or anything like that and kill, like, in a Dorian because he's so loyal to Dorian. But Dorian made a comment in this book, which I really loved because he was like, 
you can't pick and choose the parts of her that you love. Yes. And I was you like, yes, her as she wise. is, you don't. Which is something everybody could fucking learn from. Um, because you can't pick and choose the parts of people in order to love them. You need to love them as a whole. Yeah. Or don't love them at all. That's just how it is. And I think that's something Kale doesn't understand that Dorian has had to come to understand because, I mean, Dorian loves Kale, but obviously there's things he doesn't love about him. But at the same time, he's not saying, oh, well, you would be better if you weren't this. He's mm-hmm. kind of having to choose one or the other because Kale is being the way he's being. Right. And, and even though they're cold towards each other, it's clear that both of them want that best friend back. Right. So it's just, I, I love that uh, Dorian made that kind of comment. Because he is he he just is defending Selena even when K- Kale will and Kale's the one at this moment who kind of has a romantic connection to her and he's the one that's shitting on her and Doran's like I'm not having that with you. Yeah, you're not going to get any reprieve from me. Dorian's had a very slow but worthwhile development since it gets better since they first met. But like even <laughs> just in these three books since they first met of having the exposure of the things his father's doing more in his face which i think is the catalyst for him being like okay well the world's not black and white you don't get to choose these things in the same way that i don't get to sit here and be quiet about my father's actions like right he's learning things as he goes but he's doing it in a way that is very like self-reflective even if we're not really seeing that in the text we're seeing the end product of it right Right. All right, we're going to move on to Manon. We don't get a lot of her in this book, but you get a lot of her throughout the rest. So it starts out pretty nice. And I want to just talk about the 13, basically, because Manon had a lot. But the 13 is key throughout the rest of the books. They're her soldiers, basically, her confidants. If there's a blood oath for them, it would be that. Um, Asterin was is like the second in her little click army and you her character development the 13's character development is oh my god it's amazing in the next and i already like them a lot like i like their loyalty to manon not just to her grandmother um and they're they are loyal to manon yes and they're gauging of um respect like respectability through proving yourself rather than being born in whatever position right they are loyal to Manon whatever Manon does they do whatever Manon asks they will do and it's hard to find that loyalty in in a culture that Manon has with the black beaks and I also think it's it's a very interesting juxtaposition to have the 13 having this loyalty to Manon and the witches are viewed as these heathens right but the king is supposed to be sophisticated and no one's actually loyal to him unless there's a benefit for themselves right none of them have that genuine loyalty and even the characters that we do like the loyalty to each other is not 
always there even though they are supposed to be like better than the witches so it's really interesting to see how different the cultures are within this book and how they're viewed as well right exactly and i love the whole thing with the witch culture is when they're getting their wyverns in this competition because the wyvern population has increased now because they're building their own sort of army-like thing and so obviously the choice would be to have the biggest and the most fearsome and most uh killer instinct wyvern but abraxas is the smallest kind of the runt and he's the most bloodthirsty of them all even though he gives me elaine vibes and loves flowers like yes he is he is so funny for that though right because you're right he gives elaine vibes he likes to lay in patches of flowers but when he was down in the pit the reason manon chose him was because the others were coming at him and he fought back and when she fell in the pit he defended her and I just, I love their, I, t- I texted you about it when I was reading the book. I love the bond between Abraxas and Manon. It is so, it is such a deep bond that comes about so naturally in this book. Um, and it's built on this respect and like truly seeing each other for what they are. Right. Exactly. So you'll get a lot more Manon and Abraxas in the next book. Um you'll love them it just gets better i love this series so much (laughs) i'm excited for that because i really the moment that he stepped to defend her i was like oh this is going to be good like i could just tell um that they were going to be one of the like i guess pairings that i was going to be fully behind exactly let's talk about emerus and malachi yes he's the best for last so first of all, like even separate, I love Emerus. I think he is he reminds me of Gaius from the Merlin show. Yeah. He has that like wizened old man energy who wants the best for you, has a little bit of sass, but he's like all in all, he just wants the best for you. And for those of you who are trying to place who, who this is, haven't read the book or just don't remember, Emerus is one of the uh, he's he's the cook at this place that Aelin is training. So she's supposed to work in the kitchens with him and some of the other half uh, fae, or demi-fae. And Emrys immediately is very kind to her, tries his best to make her feel welcome. And throughout, you're like, oh my god, Emrys is so cool. And then you find out that his, uh, I guess, quote-unquote mate is another male fae, which I was like, yes! Yes! exactly Um, oh they're so cute they are and i kind of love that like emrys is like little soft boy and malachi's like i'll kill you like he their energy and their dynamic is so great ah yes it's cute side characters be honest they're really cute and i think um they play a really important role in Aelin being comfortable there right Um, right they they do their best to make her more comfortable and kind of like get her out of her shells for a second yeah and also I love that Malachi when Aelin's being a bitch has no qualms about being like you better step the fuck off a man try me right ah so cute what would you rate the book definitely giving it like a probably a four and a half 
um purely because I know it can only go up from here so I don't want to jump too far out the gate with a five. Oh, I throw that bitch up at a five I love this book love this book <laughs> it was a it it was one of those where I had to take a break from reading because of just life but I was so excited to get back to this book when I got back to it uh, yeah it was a good book to read for Sarah it really was they get longer though I will tell you that which yeah I mean freaking Court of Silver Flames when I saw you buy that book before I started reading Agatar I was like oh my god so I have <laughs> yeah I have all the faith that it's just gonna keep getting bigger and bigger so right exactly uh yeah well guys we will see you next week with how to create the perfect wife I can't yeah. remember his name but it's um Wendy Moore she has she has a, a second middle uh, second middle name Jesus Christ a second last name I just can't remember what it is but Wendy Moore is the author of this book so it'll be an interesting discussion for sure all right guys we'll see you next week bye